welcome back again for another week of my podcast, the Steve Asali Study. I've got um, a Zoom interview just kicking off right now with undefeated uh, fighter 19 and 0, uh, Archie Sharp. Thank you very much for coming on to the podcast, bro. No, thank you for having me on. Hope you're well. Yeah, I'm very, very well. I'm very well. So, um, I recently had uh, one of your uh, uh, stable mates on my podcast, Jordan Reynolds, really, really nice guy. Um, it's funny how life works because I, I'll give you a bit of a, a story. I interviewed nearly two years ago uh, a guy called um, Alfie Best Senior. And he, um, you know, he's uh, from the traveller community. He's uh, amassed a huge fortune in static park homes called Wildcrest Park Homes. And he said to me, you need to interview my son, Alfie Best Jr., who's also, uh, you know, I think he was going going for a, his pro license, becoming a boxer. So I interviewed him probably about a year and a half later, and then he put me onto Jordan, now on to you. And it's just so funny that, you know, sometimes when you speak to someone, then they connect you with someone else. And before you know it, um, you know, you're, you're expanding your, your network. And I do believe in that old cliche saying, Archie, which is your net worth is ultimately determined by your network. So I really, really appreciate yeah. having people like you and Jordan on my podcast because I think you, you guys can share a lot of, uh, you know, good stories, you know, mindsets kind of stuff. And I'm hoping that's going to inspire the, the demographic who's listening to this. Yeah, 100%. Like I say, thanks for having me on. I look, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, when I was looking at your date of birth or your year, I, I, it's, it, I still consider myself as quite a young person. Um, I'm born in 1985. I'm 35 years of age. But really and truly, now I'm interviewing these athletes, um, I feel bloody old. So you're only, what, uh, 26 years of age? 26. 26. Yeah, 26 now. I've got to tell you, Archie, and I sound like an old man here, but you know, 26 years of age, you know, almost 20 fights and uh, got the world at your feet. I mean, mate, you've got such a great opportunity and obviously the hard work, dedication and your mindset is going to take you very, very far. But, you know, 26 years of age, Jesus, what I would do to be 26 uh, again. Yeah, no, definitely blessed, mate. Definitely blessed. 26, three kids. So it's... Uh... They they, they, um, they keep me young, I suppose. Yeah, nice. So let's get right into it. Um, Archie, like, um, as I said off air, um, part of the reason why I got into business for myself um, is because of boxing and because of specifically certain people in the boxing community. Mentioned a guy called Sam Webb, who used to box down the eye box, was British champion. Someone that would, I, I'm all, till the day I die, I will always thank Sam. And even though he didn't really speak to me so much because I was a lot younger than him when I was at Bromley and Downham, just because of his confidence, it gave me confidence. And I believe that if he could do it, I could do something with my life. Um, question I want to ask you, Archie. I mean, why did you ever get into boxing? Why didn't you go down a conventional route? Um, myself, I was always active anyway as a young kid. And being, I was, I think I was only seven when I first walked into the gym. My dad took me. Uh, my uncles all boxed. My dad boxed. But everyone really in the men's side, the men in my family all boxed. Do you know what I mean? So it was more just to go down there learn to defend myself, burn some energy. Um, and yeah, that's where it all started, really, from the age of seven. And I'm obviously thankful for that because I've got lifelong friends and also I've managed to get myself a good good career out of it. We're just starting, really. Things just just warming up as we speak now. Mm. So, look, I've, I've, um, I've interviewed a few, few athletes, um, including footballers. And, again, going back to my age, I interviewed Anton Ferdinand, who is very very similar age to me 
And one thing that we both shared is, you know, we were we were growing up before the age of social media. And then when we were getting into, you know, young adults, social media started popping off. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and there was a different kind of side to life. Um, we were talking about the ups and downs of it. Obviously, he's a big advocate of, you know, racism and, you know, people trolling people on social media. And I think it needs to be spoken about a bit more. With yourself, Lo Archie, at 26 years of age, I mean, would you say, you know, can it become a bit of a distraction sometimes? Or do you see it as a blessing? Because if you if you position yourself right as an athlete, you can make a huge fortune outside of boxing because of social media. Yeah, of course. It's the new day and age. And like you say, it's, uh, social media is a big part of it all now. Having a big profile, a big portfolio um, in social media is, is, is the key at the minute, definitely. But for myself, I just use it for what I need to use it for. I use it for um, contacting, uh, connecting people with myself in the gym so they can see what I'm up to. So I just use my Instagram for training and a little bit show the side of me and my family with my kids. I don't really use it too much. I just use it little and often. I don't sit there for hours scrolling through because for me, I don't think that's mentally good for you to be sitting on social media because uh, it needs to be used in the right way, I think. Like you say, some people use it in the wrong way, but there's a lot of good to come out of social media, but unfortunately, you get the, the odd few that kind of ruin it. Yeah. Well, I think just to round off what you were saying there, it's almost like use social media. Don't let social media use you. And I think that so many, 100%. you know, I've got a son myself. I've got another one on the way uh, in September, another baby boy. And thank you, mate. And, um, you know, part, part what I'm a little bit fearful of is as they grow older and they start to use these devices, not allowing them to get sucked into it. But there's a healthy balance between, you know, enjoying some some stuff, but then also realizing when when to put it down. And I think it's the modern day drug, isn't it? You know, there there were people back in the day who used to be addicted to certain dr- drinks or drugs and that, and that's still around. But then you've also got the addiction of social media. And you know, I just like to hear it from from an athlete's point of view. How do you go about using it? What do you use it for? And um, if there's any advice that you can give to the younger audience to say, yeah, use it, but don't let it use you. Yeah, exactly that. And also, I don't believe everything you see on, on social media. I think a lot of people compare their lives to social media, um, people posting things, and that's not what it's about. Do you know what I mean? Don't ever compare yourself to, to what you see on someone's got this car or someone's got this watch because it's not, that's, that's not what it's for. Do you know what I mean? Just be happy within yourself and not worry about whatever, what everyone else is up to. Just stay in your own lane and and, that's, and I think that's the main key. I think that's where people get sucked into social media is when they take too much, um, they listen and see too much and yeah. um, they take it too personally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I totally hear that. So going back to, so let's just talk about your boxing career then. Um, I, I didn't look at this part, but quite naturally, most professionals, they come from the amateur background. Did you have a big amateur career, Archie? Yeah, yeah. So I had a big, a huge amateur career, really. I uh, boxed for GB numbers of times, probably 26, I think, 27 fights for GB, won eight or nine national titles. So, um, so I had a big, big, big uh, amateur career. And how many fights did you have, sorry? I had 60, 60, 60 fights uh, with 56 wins. Okay. And yeah, I lost four. And that, uh, that's incredible, mate. Um, and over over what what period of time? How many years was that? 
So I've walked into the gym at the age of seven. So I think you start fighting as it 10 or 11 now. I can't remember. But, um, so I turned pro, which was 20. I turned pro at. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, about 10 years, yeah. Okay, so I, um, you know, um, again, done a little bit of boxing. I had an amateur career, but only 10 amateur fights. I won seven of them. I've done the Queensbury, uh, not the Frank Warren's Queensbury, but the Ross Minters one. Had uh, three, four, no, f- I had three for Kettles Gym, which is unlicensed, and then I had two for Queensbury, lost one and won the last one. Um, I, I, so... I, you know, I, I slightly understand what pros and even amateurs go through because I've, I've been there a little, little bit. But then also, I'm, I'm very big on personal development. You know, I listen to Tony Robbins. I listen to Brian Tracy. I listen to Zig Ziglar. I listen to Eric Thomas. And I really like to immerse myself into personal development because I do believe you're a byproduct of not just what you eat, but what you consume in your head mentally. Um, I think being around the right people is so important. And I was listening to some personal development today in my gym by a guy called Steve Ballmer. Now, Steve Ballmer took over from uh, Bill Gates uh, at Microsoft. Uh, You know, he's worth something like $30 billion. And what he was saying, he said, in life, when you need to prepare to get get to the next level, in anything you do, you need to go into the weight room. And his analogy of the weight room is lifting weights to get stronger, to get to the next level. And I see the amateurs is a bit like in that weights room. You're preparing for what you're about to do in, in the pro ranks. How important do you think it is to have that good foundation? Or do you think you can just jump into the pro ranks and start making a name for yourself and even become world champion? Um, I believe you, you you do see it. Do you know what I mean? You've got um, Conor Ben, for example, Chris Eubanks, who never come off a big amateur pedigree. Bernard Hopkins as well. Exactly that. They're doing well. So, um, But for me, I do believe in, the, in a good amateur pedigree. I do believe for your foundation, that's a great start. Um, like I say, you've got the odd few that come through and do it, but a lot of these great fighters, Floyd Mayweather, Sugar Ray Leonard, Ricky Atten, they've all had the great amateur pedigree. They've all set themselves up. So I do believe in that myself, and I'm a big, big believer of that. I do believe if you do have a good amateur pedigree and then come through to the pro ranks. But like I say, it's not for everyone, but that's how I personally do believe it. Yeah, have a good amateur pedigree and then come through. I mean, look at Lomachenko. I think, what, he only lost... One amateur or something like that. That's what I mean. Vasil Lomachenko, you got Javante Davis, all these like young prospects, uh, fighters. Well, say prospects, world champions. There now, they've all had unbelievable um, amateur pedigree, and so that's why I am a big believer of having your amateur pedigree to set yourself up ready to go. Yeah, how's your style changed, though, since you've become a pro? Um, you do settle down a little bit, I suppose, because you're over longer rounds. But for me. For, for the, the style of fighter I am, I'm very unorthodox and uh, very, I'm a bit of a live one myself, switch it, switch it off, um, like to use my feet work. So for me, it's, it's more training to do it for longer rounds. That's all for me. I just train harder than what I did as an amateur. So amateurs are free freeze, dance around, but now 12 freeze, just train harder and last longer. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, this is just my take on it as well, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it's almost like, you know, the amateur career or the amateur style or the teachings is a bit like a bit like fencing, you know, bang, 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 in and out, in and out, and, 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 and very quick and, and always moving about, always on your toes. But when you get into pros, there is that, but then there's also an element where sometimes you just have to fight, you know, you have to stand your ground 
and have it, you know, and the power, the strength, the endurance, that's sometimes what's going to win you the fights. So do, do, would you say that you've worked on a bit more strength and conditioning, etc.? Because just on that note, when I used to be Dan Bromley and Downham, and it was Reg and Richard Foster who used to run run the club. It's Richard Foster yeah, still man, now. Yeah. Um, there was a bit of like, you know, don't do too many weights because you're going to get slow. But then when I found myself training down Boxing Booth where I train now with Charlie B, you know, strength and condition is really, really important. So that was the kind of big difference that I, I experienced as, you know, when you sort of kind of transition. Yeah, definitely. I think as an amateur and you're young, you're, you're, you're a kid, you don't really need this strength and conditioning as much. Uh, I think nowadays and age, with up the GBA do introduce it a lot more. So I think they, it's a new scientific, it's just the day and age, you know what I mean? Old school fighters didn't really have it much. But uh, but no, I, I am a believer of it. I use it myself. I sat today, I just come out from strength and conditioning. I use it a couple of times a week. But at the end of the day, I think some this is where you got to get the balance because you've got to use strength and conditioning for what it is. Um, use it little enough uh, <clears throat> to maintain if you're a professional fighter, you're a boxer, so you need to do boxing, you need to do road work, you need to do your sparring. And then your strength and conditioning is just literally maintain, maintaining you. Okay, yeah. Um, so characteristics then. I know you need to be fit. And then, uh, I know you need to be durable. I know you need to be powerful sometimes, quick. That You know, the timing needs to be on point. But what would you say is like, you know, which separates top-level athletes and top-level boxers specifically to the rest? What are the... So characteristics that you need, Archie? Um, it's a hard one, really, because like you say, you've got powerful fighters out there, but these powerful fighters, if you're coming across against a slick fighter then, and they're not landing their power shots, then they're no good to no one, do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's hard. Having a balance is, is kind of the main key and just having that little bit of um, unorthodox. See, for me, myself, I throw shots on um, all sorts of angles, but people like Prince and the same are the same speed obviously Sugar Ray Leonard but also could punch I think the main thing is is having a, a, a world a world knockout shot you need to be able to have the power to keep someone off you because you can be the best fighter if you've got someone walking you down for 12 rounds and you ain't got enough power to keep them off I suppose that is a key having enough strength to be able to gain the respect for the fighter not to close you down do you know what I mean yeah do you know, like when I so one of my favourite boxers um, is is Floyd Mayweather. Um, one because he, even though like you know um, some of the stuff he does is quite outrageous, but I just love the confidence that he's got. Bit like a Conor McGregor, I guess. But the difference is, I mean, fifty and O, you know, made a huge amount of money, lives the life, um, and even come back and done a, a bloody exhibition fight and still raked in the money. But when you look at his style, it's unlike most other people. It's more defensive, and he's he's you know he's he's the the master at defense. Um, you know that that type of style. How come how come do you think it's not taught in more boxing clubs? Because I mean, you know, clearly if you can master that style, you can you can become a very very good fighter. Yeah, but defense is obviously your main. Like you say, being defensive is your main sort of uh, key because. Even people say about Mike Tyson with his punching. If you look, watch him, his defense was unbelievable before and after he threw a shot. Mm. So it always come in low head movement. So that's the defense. And then he land his shots and he roll out and he be at, off at angles. So you are right. I think that's that is the main thing that needs to be taught um, in the amateurs is your defense. And I think that's what we've kind of learned that I've been taught over my over my career is 
have a defence before and after a shot. So yeah, working on footwork or whatever it is. But I think yeah, you you you've hit the nail on the head. Really, defence is a, is a main key, and and um, all these great fighters they all had unbelievable unbelievable defences. Yeah. Um, who who would you say Archie is like someone that you know you kind of look up to? Not trying to say you're going to try and copy them or emulate them, but someone you take the best bits from them. Who who are your top fighters that you look at? Um, recently, I've been looking. I, I watched like um, Willie Pep, um, great fighter. His footwork unbelievable. Sugar Ray Leonard, um, even Prince Nassim. Because the way that Prince Nassim throws his shots at all sorts of angles and the power that he generates from it as well. And obviously, being around the same sort of weight, I do. I like to look at all sorts of fighters, but more so them recently. Mm. And um, so, obviously, you got um, there was a fight that was coming up, it was postponed. Um, yeah. When is your next date again? When you're meant to be out? Tenth of July, so next Saturday. Oh, amazing! Okay, wicked. Um, I'm gonna ask you maybe quite an obvious, um, not an obvious, but it could even be a bit of a silly question. But I want to ask it. Um, your goals, your vision over the next five years, ten years, you're still a young man. What do you want to achieve at the sport? So for me, being a world champion has obviously been a dream since since day one. And now I'm only a stone throw away from it, being ranked number two in the world. Um, in the WBO, I'm, I'm chasing that dream. Once you get that, then it's all about unifying. And then for me, it'd be moving up weights and doing the same, moving up the weights, being a world champion in every in, in, in the like maybe up to like Walter maybe um, so that's kind of my dream in a minute so I've just got to conquer the, um, the super featherweight division once I've done that step up to lightweight and then step up to like Walter and uh, I don't know if you want to reveal this but um, who would you say is going to be your biggest challenge or some of your biggest challenges going through that journey is there anyone that you look at and think they're quite tasty but I could do them if I really put my mind to it yeah I'm in one of the best um, divisions that are out there at the minute or around my weight do you know what I mean super featherweight at the minute you've got Jamel Heron and Shakur Stevenson Oscar Valdez so they're all tough fighters you've got Tank Davis who's just gone up to 140 at the minute um, Lomachenko so obviously there's some great fighters there but this is where I'm in the mix and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a world champion because I know I can beat these fighters obviously you've got to be on your A game 100%, but these are the fighters that I've, <clears throat> I study all the time. I'm a massive study in the sport and I watch these fighters and I look at their flaws and their, um, their strengths and their weaknesses and I believe that I can definitely definitely beat all these fighters. I've seen you fight, Archie, and I know I know why you're so confident, but if I can ask you, you're 26 years of age and you've got this belief like you've been around for a lot longer than that, which I really admire. Um, I'm in business for myself, and when we interview sales guys, sales and boxing, I can't tell you how similar they are in regards to mindset. And I'll give you an example. If you get into that ring, you might look good on the pads, you might look good at sparring, but at the end of the day, it only counts when you're in that ring. And if you haven't put the work in, like you said, the road work, the, the pads are sparring, even the nutrition, the recovery, you're going to get found out, okay? And you could get hurt. And in sales, it's the same. You might look like you're doing all the right things, but the moment you get on a sales call, if you don't know your product, your services, your system, or even your, your brand, you're going to get found out. And at the end of the month, if you're not earning money, that's because you've not put, not put the hard work in. So when I look at salespeople, female or male, it's all about their belief, and it's all about their hard work and, their, and, their, and, and how much they really want it. 
Where did you get that from, Archie? Is it something you were born with or something you kind of, you know, built up over the last few years? I feel like definitely it's been drummed into me from a young age. Like the word I can't was never allowed to be in my household. Do you know what I mean? It was always you can do it. So I suppose from a young age it's always been drummed into me. But coming through my amateurs and, and, and even as the pros and these trainers and fighters who have been around for a very long time, very experienced trainers have been saying to me since day one that Arch, you can beat you, you'll be a world champion. That's what I mean, their belief. And when you're coming through, I didn't realize how good I was until I start looking back. For example, even as, an, as a pro, there's some fights out there, even when, when I won the WBO European, and, and there's some fights there, and you look at them and, and I'm winning, but there's problems there. And I know the problems. But I'm sitting there looking, being called, like, for example, a box of injuries. Uh, I've boxed when I've been ill and I'm still getting through and winning where a lot of these fighters they're going out there they have little problems and they can't get through and win they can't adapt and they can't win at the end of it that's the main mm. thing is getting the W so I know I've been doing this even at not 100% and that's why I look forward to next week because for once as in my professional career I've done everything 100% whether it's in the ring my nutrition living the life um and that's why I believe in next week when I put on a masterclass performance, no one's seen the real Archie Sharp yet. Everyone who's been around me know, knows my boxing ability like Al Smith. He's a very experienced trainer and he's been and he's seen me as an amateur. Um, and when I moved down to their gym, he was like, Arch, like, I knew you was a good fighter. But I didn't know you was this good. So then I've had to step back and start realizing what these people are saying and start believing in myself that Arch, you actually are an unbelievable fighter. You just got to go out and do what you got to do, and that's why I look forward to July the tenth because mentally I'm in the best best shape ever. Like even speaking to you, and I do honestly believe the words that you say when you say you're going to be a world champion because you're saying it with conviction and certainty. There's no excuse to pump pulling pun, pulling your punches on it. You actually believe you're like an embodying it, and you know you've reinforced a couple of my beliefs, which is being around the right people that resonate with you and radiate your your belief in your energy is so important you, but there must have been a time as well Archie that you might have been around certain people that might have been pulling your energy away from you um have you ever experienced that or or would you um you know how important is it for you to have the right team and the right people around you all the time but that's the most important thing really is being around positive people listening to us. especially more so for me in the last year the transaction for myself from now from a year ago being with my new trainer, my new team, even mentally with the books that I'm reading, the not the, the podcast that I'm listening to, um, the knowledge that I'm soaking in, it's phenomenal. And I, and that's why I believe I'm on cloud nine at the minute. I'm 100. percent I'm I'm firing all cylinders because I'm surrounded with the right people. Not that I wasn't before. Well, it's hard to say because I I don't want to upset anyone when they watch this. That but I've always um, some people have pulled me back, not realizing it and not doing it on purpose but there's some people do let off negative energy about you realising until you come away and when you come away and you look back and think do you know what how was I getting through that do you know what I mean and and that's why now I believe what I believe even more so why I will be a world champion believe me now by the end of this year I'll be sitting down either I've just come out uh, winning a world title or at least negotiating a world title fight by the end of this year 100% a bit of an, uh, like a metaphor or analogy is a bit like um, you know like when you, you've got a phone an iPhone right I don't know which one we're on now 6, 7, 8 I, I lose count but let's just say I lose count 
<laughs> iPhone 6 or whatever, right? You're using it and there's nothing wrong with it. And someone badges you and goes, you need to get the new one, need to get the new one. You're like, no, I don't need it, I don't need it. And then eventually you give in and you end up buying a new one. The moment you get it, you're like, oh my God, this is more powerful than ever before. There's nothing wrong with the old one. It's just you got a completely new powerful phone that you can do a lot more with. And I guess that's what it's like when you change your peer group or change your, your trainers Maybe every so often, you know, you just step up a level. Have you have you found that? Yeah, I found that for sure. Because the thing is, we're, with me and my old trainer, he's been with me since the age of seven. So sometimes we just got a little bit complacent with each other. So it's not that he's, he's always believed in me to be the best. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like we just kind of never got that energy because we were just so used to it. It was just turning up, going through the emotions, and that was it. So now but with a new new teams founded by young young fighters that are coming up. I'm the oldest in the gym, only being 26, but all these young fighters now are like 20s. And they're hungry as well, and it gives you a little bit of a boost because these fighters want to come and be where I am now. Being ranked number two, they want that spot, do you know what I mean? So that gives me a little bit of a fire to get back to myself and and then cook, and then work on all cylinders. So I, I think now I've come away and I look back and I, and I see where where things kind of went wrong in, in the past, I think it's just because of the, the people that I was around. So, yeah, I do believe being around the positive people and the people who want to see and win as well, because there's a lot of people out there that don't want to see you win. You think they want to see you win, but they don't. And that's just like, there's a lot of green-eyed people out there. See, for me, I want to see everyone win. Do you know what I mean? Even like with you, with your podcast, if you're doing your podcast, I want to see you winning. I want to see everyone around me winning. And I mm. think that's the mentality and the people you've got to be around all the time. Yeah, I think the word I used to hear, frenemies, they seem like your friend, but really and truly behind yeah. closed doors, they're wishing for your downfall, you know? They don't want to be left behind, that's the problem. And I think a lot of people do it not because they're, they don't like you, they still could be your friend, but I just feel like people will pull you back and hold you back because they're, they're fearful of being left behind. So then they want to try and rub that energy off on you so you don't expand, like, do you know what I mean? Like, kick on. And I, and, um, so that's why I think it's definitely 100% important to be around people who want to just kick on and be the best of what of themselves as a people and and in their in their profession. For me, it's boxing. So definitely. yeah, it's definitely um, best thing. I'm pretty intrigued. You said uh, reading books and listening to podcasts. So what are they? What would you listen to and what do you read? I listen to Tony Robbins a lot, actually, yeah. a lot. Um, Jack Canfield, a lot of people at the secret. Um, I'm reading a book at the minute, Thinking Grow Rich from yeah. um, Napoleon, Napoleon Hill. Hill. Yeah, I've read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm on that book at the minute. Um, so yeah, that and Bob Proctor. There's loads uh, that I've that I listen to. Really, loads. And um, like you know, I, I wasn't the biggest reader when I was younger. Um, I I resented I resented school, but it was only when I found myself in a sales environment where everything's about your attitude and everything's about your mindset. And they said, if you want to get your mindset on point, be around the right people, think in a certain way, talk with optimism, you know, talk about winning, talk about what you're going to achieve, but then also read good books and listen to good back then CDs or podcasts, whatever it may be. For, for for people that, you know, who have not exposed themselves to that, how how good has it been for you to get your mindset in check because of these things? That's amazing. It's amazing. Like, me as a person, and bit like I've changed so much because of it. I suppose I jumped on it a lot earlier, do you know what I mean? But mm. it is what it is. You learn. It's life lessons. So um, I'm doing it now. That's the main thing. And 
I'm trying to get my younger brothers, my younger my sister, my kids, everyone. I'm just trying to open them up to to, to show them what's out there. And I think me watching The Secret at the start was kind of the, the start for me, watching The Secret and then reading and then just kind of kicked on from them. Yeah, lovely. So, Archie, look, um, even though you, you're, you're, you're a professional fighter and people sometimes fail to realise that athletes, this is, your, this is your career, this is how you make money. Um, I know people sometimes say stuff like, you know, you've got, two, you've got two, two different types of people in the sport. You've got Floyd Mayweather says, you know, if it's not about the money, what's it about? Um, and, you know, he's all about money, man, all that kind of stuff. But then you've got other boxers that I've spoken to, which is like, if you're doing it for the money, you're doing it for the wrong thing. But at the same time, you can't feed your kids, you can't feed your family if you're not thinking about the financial side of things. So what is that healthy balance? How how do you go about doing it? Yeah, I feel like at the stop where I'm at the minute, it is about the money as well as, obviously, I want to be world champion 100%, but world titles don't win belt, uh, titles don't pay bills. Do you know what I mean? So... Um, it is about money at the minute, of course. Obviously, when you're in a situation like Floyd Mayweather and you've got plenty of money and you're financially free, then it's about a legacy as, as more so than the money. Do you know what I mean? So it's for me at the minute, yeah, it's about putting my family in a position where I want to be financially free and by doing smart investments, making good fights and whatever else. But once I've done, once I'm in a situation where I am financially good, it will it, then it just be kicking on there and just about winning as many titles as I can at many different weights. Do you know what I mean? Building a legacy. So it's definitely having a balance. But anyone who says they're not in the boxing for for money, then they're either all out financially or what, I don't know. But for me, it's about putting a roof over my head, uh, over my kids' head. And, and, and for the generation, do you know what I mean? For their kids, I just want to set my whole family up and, and build a big legacy for them all. Yeah, um, so like when I got into into sales again, uh, it's quite known that in sales, very, very tough. You know, uh, there's no, sometimes there's no floor, but there's also no ceiling. And what that means is sky's the limit on your earnings, but if you don't do anything, you're going to walk out of there with zero. And that can be quite a daunting thing. And it's the same as boxing. You know, if you if you keep on losing, you don't put the work in, you're going to come out the other side hurt, not just physically, mentally, but financially. But they always taught us, if you're going to succeed, set goals. And that could be materialistic goals. It could be life goals. It could be health goals. It could be family goals. It could be anything. Because goals are the things that get you excited. And that's the reason why you achieve certain things. And I remember speaking to Al a few times. And one of the most famous sayings I ever heard from Al, which I still use today, is this. It's not a rehearsal. You've got one shot. I remember hearing that from him time and time and time again to me and also to the fighters. And I say that to my sales people, it's not a rehearsal. You've got one shot. Once this life is done, you're done. You can't go back and play it again. So with you, Archie, when you set goals, I know you mentioned about, you know, you set goals for your fights, you know, getting on weight, becoming powerful, fit, and all that kind of stuff, which is a given as a for a boxer. But what about stuff like, you know, life stuff, like, I know, houses you want to buy, cars, stuff for your family, putting your kids through maybe private education. I don't know. I don't know what ticks your boxes. What what kind of stuff do you set? Yeah, that's um, setting goals definitely. Um, and mate, like you say, you've got to do that. Myself, I've got so many goals. I've got loads of goals. I've got, I've got goals. I've got a list of goals and I read them every day. And one of my goals was just as simple as, well, I look now I'm blessed. I'll say 26, got three kids. 
that I'm very grateful for where I am at the minute in, in life. And one a goal that I had was at 25, I wanted to buy my own house, I've done that. Um, and now I've got other goals that I want to build on with my, my property portfolio. Um, there's certain figures I want to make on certain fights, certain deals I want to sign. Um, I had a goal of signing with a big brand and I ended up signing with Everlast. Do you know what I mean? So for me, I've always setting goals and I think that's a major key in life. If you've got no goals and you're not growing and you're dead, do you know what I mean? That's, that's, that is the main the main thing. And no matter, and the bigger the goals, the better. That's what gives you, you grab your little steps in between but then that end goal, is there an end goal? I don't know. Like you say, sky's the limit. Have you got an end goal? Because I haven't. I just want to keep going and going. When I eat 100 million, I want to go to 200 million. When I eat 200 million, I want to go 300 million. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I was always told that success is not a destination, it's a journey. And you're going to keep on that journey forever. You know, there's not there's not um, a number of podcasts I want to do, then I'm going to ha- hang it up. And there's not a, the no. amount of training sessions that I'm going to do weights or boxing or whatever I'm going to keep on doing it forever because it's part of my DNA it's part of who I am and um yeah financially you know the amount of money is exactly the same as well Archie um do you ever think about life low beyond boxing so like when you're world, world champion you've got up weights you know you, you you're you're unified you know you're being endorsed by these brands left right and center I don't know other opportunities come up like you know you could be an actor with some athletes go 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 down you could become, I don't know, some kind of um, advocate for a certain market. I don't know. Um, is there anything you think about beyond boxing? Yeah. I, do you know what? I don't want to wish my career away, don't get me wrong, but I want to be retired from boxing at a reasonable young age. Um, and then this is about the family time. Then I'm excited. I've got loads of dreams. I've got loads of things I want to do and tick off my list. So for me coming to end of boxing you know you get some people they, they, they come out, out of boxing and, and then they just crumble because they don't know what to do see for me I, I'm not I'm enjoying where I am now and then when the page has to turn to the next journey I'll enjoy that journey so for me um, after boxing yeah I just want to keep growing do you know what I mean to see my family all the time and just take them on nice places and, and just live a good healthy life yeah do you know about a bit more like this mindset stuff? Um, last last year, because uh, am I right in saying your last fight was August last year? Yeah, August last year, yeah. Yeah, um, so we're basically coming up almost to a year. Um, maybe part of that might have been the coronavirus and the lockdown and the uncertainty. When that all kicked off, um, I've got to be honest, it was a blessing for my business because you know most other investment vehicles were crashing and what we were doing is doing very, very well for people. But many other businesses, many other careers, it wasn't the same story. People are suffering and they're still suffering right now, which is horrendous to see. But with you, what was that like? Did you have anxiety because of it? Was you thinking what the hell was going on? Or did you know if you stay prepared, you know, your opportunity will come? Yeah, just got to trust the process. A very good friend of mine, an advisor, said them words to me when I spoke to him, obviously, after COVID and fights weren't as regular I was used to fight I was fighting four or five times a year and all of a sudden it's been once in a year but I've had an injury I broke my arm just as, a, as I was in camp ready to fight then obviously my last fight on the 5th of June got pulled out because of the fellow got COVID um, so yeah I haven't boxed for nearly a year um, but it is what it is do you know what I mean it's hard and you just got to go with it go with it you got to trust the process and like you said at the start of COVID it's very 
it's hit a lot of people, don't get me wrong. It's probably hit me a bit financially um, at the start, but you just got to, everyone's in the same boat. You just got to go with it. Do you know what I mean? You just got to, you can't sit there worrying. It's not in my control. The end of COVID was out there, the pandemic and the um, things being closed down. There's no point stressing about it because it's out of, my, out of my control. All I can control is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And that's, that's the mindset that I had. And to be honest with you, I enjoyed the family time. I enjoyed the downtime and I enjoyed my time off. But now it's back to business. Yeah. Um, do you know what? Sometimes when you're going for a scenario that you can't control, I've always been taught as well, rather than stressing over about it, embrace it. So even if mm. there was a big layoff, embrace it, round, round with the family, you know, exactly. get a bit of rest, getting your body to rebuild, um, working on certain things that you maybe not worked on before and um, come back stronger than ever. So I'm looking forward to you being back in that ring, obviously winning. Can you let us know or do you even know what your roadmap is like, who you're going to be fighting next or when you're going to be going for that world title? Yeah, so um, the rankings, I believe, got got done yesterday. So the, the monthly updated rankings. So num- WBO, I'm ranked number two now in the world. So I'll go and fight on the 10th of July. I'm putting a major performance on them. Get my new belt, WBO Global, and then that should set me at number one for mandatory. And then, um, then yeah, then, then we just wait, wait and see. And uh, it's about then sitting down and, and having them talks for them big fights because I'm ready to go yesterday. Do you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be coming very, very soon. Big performance next week. And then uh, let's talk about some world titles. Do you, do you ever kind of, you know, um, pinch yourself sometimes and thinking you're doing what you love, um, you know, training, fighting, competing, winning, and then also traveling around the world. I mean, sometimes when I think about my life, even though I don't try and regret anything, sometimes I think, well, maybe if I took a different route in life, I could have had more life experiences. Maybe if I tried to be a boxer, travel around the world, life might be a bit different. Do you ever do you ever think, oh, this is great, like traveling around the world, or it, you just take it in your stride, don't really think about it? No, I'm... I'm really enjoying where I am at the minute. Where I am with my family, I'm really happy where I'm at. Um, for me, I've done it. There's a lot of people out there my age that's just starting to settle down now. They was doing clubbing. You think that being a fighter, I've had to sacrifice a lot over people don't realise the sacrifices I've had to do. When people are going out to parties and eating chocolate cake and I can't go out because I've got to make weight. Do you know what I mean? Even Bank Holiday was out for my mother-in-law's... Um, birthday at a restaurant I can't eat because certain foods because I'm making weight you know what I mean it's all sacrifices that have to be made um, so people don't see this and I won't change it for the world because the minute I've done my career and, and I've succeeded in that then it'll be t- my downtime to go and travel the world and do what I want to do then yeah you, you know like you come across like really like well grounded and like humble but ambitious which I think is a great place to be but you know like when people win and they get to a quite a large level. Let's talk about a Floyd Mayweather, even a Conor McGregor or anyone really. It, that I think, I believe a hard part, you know what they say, like to make a million is hard, but what's even harder is to retain that million. And it's because usually yeah. ego can get the better and you think, you know, I'm the best, I'm God's gift and you start relaxing in certain parts of your life. Um, is there any kind of like, I don't know, have you ever felt that yourself or have you ever like seen people that have gone through that and you thought, right, I need to stay away from that kind of mindset. I need to always remain hungry. How, what's the tips on how to, how to do that, Archie? 
know what? It's funny because before we've started this interview, I've just had an hour, over an hour conversation with a very good friend of mine um, and sponsor and, and very good friend, family friend. It's very, very, does very well in his, um, in his life, worth a lot of money. Um, and we were talking about this conversation actually. And I was just saying that some people out there, they get loads of money and then their ego blows and they blow it or whatever they do, yeah, or they change as a person. See, for me, if I've got a million pounds tomorrow, that million pounds gone out, I've already written down where things are going, certain investments, that where I'm giving back. That's already set up for me. Do you know what I mean? I know is that. So when that comes in, it's got a, it's got a road where it's got to go anyway. Do you know what I mean? So for so after this conversation, actually, I've got a um, after our podcast, I'm actually going to be sitting down because I want to start feeding homes. So I want to start coming uh, doing some bits work with the homeless obviously I do stuff mental side of things with people um, but it's just about giving back as well uh, and there's a lot of things I want to do and I believe when I get to that, I want to build gyms and, and set up for young kids to come through so they ain't got to worry about paying for gym memberships and do you know what I mean just try and give them a good start through the box and I've got so much I want to give back um, <laughs> as well so yeah for me I've never worried about getting the money and, and, and losing my ego or losing the, my per, me as a person because not about that, do you know what I mean? I'm happy. Um, I'm happy now, and I, I know where things. I know I've got the future set up. If you like, do you know what I mean? In, in where money goes and whatever else. But but no, I'd never worry about changing as a person because so you you can never forget where you come from. Do you know what I mean? And and you see it, and you've got to learn off other people's mistakes. That's the big thing. Because like, um, I, I don't want to sound like I'm criticizing this next person, but like someone like you know. When I was asking that question, I had someone like um, Adrian Broner at the, at the front, front of my mind. And don't get me wrong, very, very good, very good fighter, very skillful. I mean, he was tipped off to be like another Mayweather because of his style and stuff. And he obviously mul- uh, won multiple world titles. But I feel that, you know, he, he was a victim of his own success, you know, started becoming this person, very outspoken. But the moment he started getting a bit of money and stuff, I feel like I feel like what I saw from social media and also the media, just general media, he started going off track, and then he st- stopped doing the very thing that actually got him into that position, which is working hard, remaining, you know, feet on the ground, getting in the gym, and he started becoming a bit too cocky, and he started getting beaten by Madonna and pe- people like that. And I sometimes think to myself, it's, it must be quite a slippery slope for athletes because if you look at any footballer. There's so many footballers have gone down that road. Boxers. Um, I mean, even at one point, I would say Conor McGregor, you know, he was he was making all this money and then suddenly, you know, there was pictures of him doing crazy stuff in social media. I mean, you know, it's it, that 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 is a side of, 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 the, of the sport or side of success that people don't talk about enough is when you do make a certain level, how to push on, you know, and and keep your feet on the ground crazy because it's all written in history this ain't nothing new mm. do you know what I mean this is nothing new this is all written in history Mike Tyson I know he had things with Don King and whatever else but you see all these so all of these great athletes and people who go and do well in life they earn all this money and it changes them as a person and this ain't obviously you're saying about Adrian Broner that's one fire but you can go back probably 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 100 years and it's, it, there's the same pattern there so that's why for me it's keen to learn of, of learn of other people and I think I think you hit the nail on the head it's about planning because the moment you get to that success rather than resting on your laurels you've got a plan for that money and plan for that 
let's say fame or play plan for that that momentum that you got and I remember Alfie Best Jr saying to me on the on the podcast that his dad taught him something which is quite profound which is the devil makes work of idle hands if you're sitting around and you're idling and you're not doing much it, it, the devil will find something which will mess up your your life or mess up what you're doing right now and um yeah what you just said there you know plan it plan to say if you've got a million pound then you know exactly where every single penny goes which i think is great you know i appreciate it. i think like you say it's just learning just being i just love learning and i think the best way to learn is to learn off other people you know what i mean who have been there seen it got the t-shirt if you learn off them you can save yourself a decade yeah just one more thing then so like you said about giving back charities and stuff and i think that's so important i think during during the way up you need to help other people other organizations up as well because that's what life is all about um why, why is it so important for you though um archie i've been there do you know what i mean i've needed help so i've needed help to be where i am now and i still probably need help to go further on i've always you always need help i don't feel that there's always someone helping in a way that um with a financially or advice or or whatever it is. So I think giving back to people allows people to have that opportunity then to start up. Do you know what I mean? Because people have helped me in the past and it's up to me what I do with that help then. And if you, if you just leave it, then you're only going to stay at one level. But I took it in and I progressed. And that's what I want to be able to do to other people, put it out there for them, especially for younger kids. I think um, getting into a to going to a gym and, I'm a big believer that boxing teaches a lot of life lessons with uh, discipline. Um, so if I can just give them a little start of having discipline. And, and I've got loads of things I want to give back. But recently I was looking, I want to do something for the homeless um, and start feeding them and just yeah, doing some more some more bits. I was listening to Tony Robbins the other day, actually, and he done one. He started at just feeding a couple of families. And now I think he does millions and millions a year. And that's something that I really want to do. I just want to give back. And I feel like that's a, that's a good starting point um, for, for giving back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know Tony Robbins over Thanksgiving feels like, you know, I think it was like, what was it, like something ridiculous, like 50 million families or something ridiculous, free foundation. And this is what I mean. I want to kind of, he, he set up a, he set something up where I want to try and follow that because I thought that's really good. Imagine them, them people's faces on Thanksgiving and, and uh, receiving the food and it, you can, you can't, it, I'm speechless. I don't mean I can't even get a word for it. That that's how much it it would mean to me just to see that or just to know that I've helped a family or people out, and and that's what it's about yeah, for me. It's, it's having that feeling that I'm speechless. Do you know what I mean? It's going to give you uh, empowerment, mate. And um, I know you're very much yeah. on reading personal development and the secret. And the secret was the Bible for me when I first got into sales. And you manifest, you know, the the life that you want to want to achieve. And I believe that. Whatever you put out to the world, you're going to get back. So if you're helping people, yeah. you're going to get help back. If you're putting out positive thoughts and vibes and, and feelings, you're also going to get that back in a roundabout way. Um, look, I want to thank you for your time, mate. Um, where can people find you or watch you if you want them to follow your journey? Yes, I'm on social media, just Archie Sharp. Um, on all of them, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram. LinkedIn, so yeah, and even YouTube, so there's, there's bits on there. There's going to be more. I'm going to be doing some more mental health side of things as well because I'm, I've been, I've been in a place, bad place before, and I had a mind coach when I was 19, and that kind of brought me on. So that's another avenue that I want to go down more. I've done a few bits in the past. I've done a thing with Netflix, and that worked really well actually. Doing a speech for them, but 
So, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for that as well because I'm going to be doing some more mental health side of um, side of things. Amazing. Um, Archie, I, this is the last question. I um, came up with a mantra when I first started my sales company and I try and live by it as much as I can, which, and it goes like this. Be happy, never content. Be happy, never content. If I were to ask Archie Sharp, what does be happy, never content mean to you? Um, be happy, never content. Well, obviously, that's an odd one, isn't it? It's no one because, I don't know, you've got me for words there. Suppose you don't ever want to just, you don't want to stay still, do you? So you always want to progress, you want to want to be happy and, and yeah, don't stay still, I suppose. Just keep moving forward. What would you say? What, what, what to you? What's that mean to you? So sometimes when I say it to people, it's almost like a conflicting statement, but this is what it means. There's no such thing in life as being happy all the time because you're going to, as a human, you're going to go through different elements. But I believe what happiness really is, is even in times of adversity, when things are not going so right, you can find the silver lining and you can find ways to be kind of, get the best out of the scenario. That's what being happy for me means. But never content means, yeah, you might achieve a certain amount of success, but pushing on, not for pushing on for the sake of it, but evolving as an individual. You know, I think if you're evolving and you're growing, then you're achieving. If you're staying still, I think you said it earlier, you're dying effectively. So be happy, never content is basically that packaged up. Yeah, no, lovely, yeah. Um. All the best for your fight. I know I'm going to see the W, mate. Um, thank you so much for your time. And when I say I'm, I'm humbled that you come onto the podcast, I, I truly do mean that. I think you're a great guy. Thank you. I, I think I really believe in your your vision for the future. You're going to be world champion. And I w- wish you and your family all the best. And um, if anyone's listening to this, please follow Archie. Also follow my podcast. Recommend it to friends and family. And always be happy, never content. Nice one, Archie. Thank you. God bless. Thanks for having me on. God bless. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Ciao.